passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. We are live from 5.30 until 10. I am live solo from 5 to 5.30, again on 670, your radio home for Cubs baseball. This is season one. It is episode number 42, and we're calling this one No Way Jose. I love the title, Crowley. You're here as always. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing better than the decision by Terry Francona to start Aaron Savali against the Yankees. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of take a look at it. And I love, you know, you know, I guess people always ask me like, once the Cubs are out of it, how are you, you know, how, you know, are you still into baseball? And of course, I think for me, like if the Cubs were in the postseason or collapsed late, it's too hard for me to watch. But the fact that they were so far out of it, I can just kind of lay back and enjoy these postseason games. It's really interesting that you brought that up, Crowley, because it's something that I always find amazing, sport by sport, as as somebody that's been working in Sports Talk Radio for 20-plus years. um, Willie Harris was on yesterday with the Parkinson Spiegel Show, and they asked him about if he was taking in the postseason. Now, here's a guy that's basically waving the flag that he wants that job at 35th and Shields. He's happy to be the Cubs' third base coach, but he wants that job at 35th and Shields. And he's like, nope, don't watch him. I watch the World Series. Otherwise, I catch the highlights on the four-letter network. That he needs that decompress time. Like I found it amazing being at over ten Super Bowls over the time that I've been doing this. So many players come down to the city, the host city of the Super Bowl, but then they get the hell out of there either Friday or Saturday, and then they go back home and they don't watch the game. I find that amazing that they don't watch the Super Bowl. I find it amazing that these guys don't watch the playoffs. Yeah, you know, for me, like I said, like when when there is that intensity of a playoff run, and I'm not even a player, I'm just sitting in the stands, and there's that intensity of the playoff, and you've given everything, like like your whole heart and soul, and you're watching, 
you know, scoreboard watching maybe four or five different games because the outcomes may matter. And then to fall short, I just need to walk away for a little bit and take a breather. Understood. Understood. All right, let's get into the uh, Solar Sox, Crowley. Last time we kind of, I think, opened some of the listeners' eyes up to that. Maybe give us a quick uh, reminder exactly how that works, and then let's talk about what some of our uh, young Cubs have been up to out there. Yeah, the Cubs uh, are part of a team called the Solar Sox, along with the Marlins, A's, Yankees, and Tampa Bay. Um, and they have some pitchers in there, and they have a couple infielders, a couple of outfielders, especially uh, – you know, when we talk about Matt Mervis and Brennan Davis and Owen Casey, you know, some really uh, high-profile names over there. Uh, Friday, the Solar Sox beat uh, the Saguaros 9-2. to Matt Mervis went for three with the home run and two RBIs. Uh, Riley Martin came in, pitched 1.1 innings of relief with one hit, no runs, and three Ks. Now, Saturday is interesting. The Solar Sox tied the Desert Dogs 1-1. to Mervis was 0-2. Cassie 0-2. Murray 0-1. B.J. Murray, infielder. Zach Lee pitched one inning. He had one hit, no runs. Um, but the big story about Saturday, and they don't—they never play on Sunday, um, and they beat the, the Desert Dogs on uh, Monday. Owen Casey went one for three at the walk. But the big story was Saturday, okay? On Saturday, they did this big thing where they had three games, back to back to back. So you're talking some of the top-tier talent in all of baseball. We're all in uh, Chase Field where the Diamondbacks play. So normally the games are like, you know, the, the Solar Sox actually play in the, in the Cubs home park uh, at Sloan Park. But th- for this day, so you have all the scouts there, all the everybody's there, right? So you're, you're going to catch six games. And it's not, like I said, it's not like normal baseball. You know, sometimes you only do seven innings, right? But still, 21 innings is a heck of a long time to be watching baseball all day. But it's kind of like, okay, everybody's looking to see not just the, you know, your own players, but other teams' players. These are all top-tier talent right there. And the guy that we've been talking about, Brennan Davis, um, he had the nerve issue in his back. It was taken care of. But they sent him to the AFL to get, uh, you know, some more at-bats because of all the, you know, he lost a lot of the season. If you remember, we talked about this. He was taken out of the game 10-10, that, October 10th, right? Uh, he, it was, I want to say the second inning and he had a very long at bat, good at bat, but, uh, he was removed after that at bat prior to the third inning. And in the article in the athletic on October 13th, so Sahad of Sharma wrote that sources indicated that he was expected to return this last weekend, that Friday, and especially for that Saturday expectation is Brennan Davis is going to be there with the rest of the top prospects. And he was not there. He was not at the stadium and he did not play. So that is something that right now, I, I mean, maybe it's just the, 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 the scarred Cub fan in me, but I'm a little bit nervous as, you know, the reason he's there is to get at bats and he hasn't played in a week, right? All right, that definitely sends up a red flare. There's no doubt about it. Now, hopefully it's not a personal issue. Hopefully it's not family-related, those things. And obviously also hopeful that it's not something that is a big injury. Maybe they just thought, listen, he – hasn't played too much. Maybe he's pushing it too hard. Maybe it's just best to tap the brakes and wait till late February, early March. Uh, that, that you know, it, it, to me, it, it wouldn't make any sense to put him on there on the AFL if you weren't going to give him those at bats. So you know, I, I, I'm very nervous because the Cubs kind of sometimes are not the greatest at diagnosing injuries. I get a little bit worried about that sometimes, or sometimes something comes out weeks later. So until I see him, you know, swinging a bat, I'm going to be holding my breath, which isn't a good thing to do. 
I've been holding it nope. for about a week. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath, Crowley. Don't do that. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to side on the on the side of caution. I understand the, the the panic in your voice right there, the angst, the uh, popping some tums, if you will. But let's uh, let's let's hold on and let's uh, we'll do a little investigative reporting between now and the next episode of the Fly the W670 podcast. Something else that we spent a lot of time on the last podcast and we'll continue to be talking about is Matt Mervis. He just told us what Mervis has been doing as a solar sock, and I want to get back to that before we move much farther on. But I want to address uh, something I saw on your Twitter account that I then retweeted off the Mully and Haw account, which was Keith Law having some unflattering opinions on a Matt Mervis. Yeah, so Keith Law, because of, like I said, because they had that big showcase on Saturday, he went out for about uh, four or five days out in Arizona to kind of check on the different, you know, you, it's so close, all the different spring training facilities in general when you're in Arizona, it's not far. And so he went out there to check because these are, again, some of the best prospects in baseball. You're going to have a lot of these guys in the AFL are going to be breaking through to the major league next year, and who knows where they'll go from there. But uh, this is from Keith Law. He writes, I've gotten a lot of questions about Cubs first baseman Matt Mervis, especially after he homered twice in a game last week. I saw all three of his home runs during the week while I was there, and all three came on hanging breaking balls from right-handed pitchers he's not likely ever to see in the majors. Mervis was undrafted twice out of Duke, graduating in 2020 and signing as a free agent with the Cubs, who started him in high A this year. Um he hit well enough to move up to double A and again, move up to triple A hitting 297, 387, 593 with just a 12% strikeout rate. He's very strong, but does not have great bat speed. And even if the pitching light AFL has difficulty with velocity middle in or Justin showed up very quickly when pitchers did come inside, uh, even with just average fastballs, he couldn't do anything beyond popping them up. I could see a role for him as a platoon first base DH like Daniel Vogelbach but not beyond that, end quote. Okay, I mean, Daniel Vogelbach, I, I, it's not terrible, but that's not what the Cubs need right this second, but that's not terrible. I mean, he's not shaped like Daniel Vogelbach, at least. That would be a little more <laughs> scary. I mean, the, the people in New York seem to love Daniel Vogelbach, right? What was he, sh- my milkshake, right? He came out to the milkshake song or something like that? Yeah, right? you like, know. He became a, a, a kind of crowd favorite. Um Listen, I think I think we might have I think we might have stepped on the gas a little bit too fast with Matt Mervis as well. I think if the Cubs are to be believed, and I am willing to let them make me a believer, Crowley, the answer for first base for 105 games next year, let's say, is not Matt Mervis. It's not. It's and, and not. that's and that's and that's why we talked about you know, and we'll talk a little bit again today about that hot stove first base spot. Is, is that you just don't want to put that pressure on that kid, which, which is what I've been saying. To go up three levels in one season is a lot, and, and you don't want him to get struggle. You don't want him to struggle in the major league levels. It's so hard to figure that out. And then if all of a sudden you get demoted, then you know you got to kind of go through your headspace with that kind of stuff. Um, Alex Cohen, who saw, you know, he's been on the show, friend of the podcast, play by play voice for your Iowa Cubs, he tweeted out that respect Keith Law. He went by what he saw. I've seen Mervis pull an elevated 98-mile-per-hour fastball off a lefty about 430 feet. No concern about his bat speed. 
Now, the one thing I'll tell you about Keith Law, and this is kind of what he's known about, is sometimes he is somebody that will be more hesitant. That, you know, we all jump on the bandwagon as fans and we get excited. He's usually one of the guys that kind of pumps the brakes a bit, but sometimes people feel that he pumps them a little too hard, if you get what I'm saying. Understood. Is that yep. there, there's no reason to bring up the fact that he was undrafted twice and it just kind of was, it seemed a little bit snarky, I guess, to some. Maybe, maybe because we want him to do well. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think on this podcast, we've been pretty clear that, you know, give the kid another half a year at least in Iowa just to see what happens. And we were talking about possible solutions. And that brings us to the hot stove. Maybe Keith Law got a bad hot dog at Wrigley in the press box, or he didn't get, he got put in the auxiliary part of the press box, not the main part of the press box. So maybe that's why Keith's got a little uh, burr up his backside. Who knows? All right, Crowley, let's talk some uh, hot stove. And uh, part of that, of course, is first base. And uh, there was some interesting reporting from 670 The Score's very own Bruce Levine. On Friday, you and I were discussing possible first baseman. And one of the guys we talked about was Jose Abreu. And Bruce reported that Jose Abreu is very high on the list of players that the Cubs would like to add in free agency this offseason, uh, kicking the Jose Abreu can, if you will. Yeah, and, and and you and I both talked about this, that I don't think either of us were, you know, honestly, if they got Jose Abreu, would I be upset? No, I, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to say no. You know what he brings as a player and as a leader to the team. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus that be you know you know the White Sox have a lot of guys banging on that first base door and Jose Abreu is not getting any younger. Whereas the Cubs, you know Matt Mervis is the you know the one guy that people keep mentioning. Um, when you talk about Jose Abreu, right? He hit just 15 homers in 157 games in 2022 after hitting 30 home runs in 152 games in 2021. Dustin, he's going to be 36 years old next year, and maybe, maybe. Again, yeah. That, okay. According he might be to his birth certificate. Okay. He's definitely not 34. He's not 35. He's at least 36. At least. So. Right. And so you need that pop. That's what Jed brought up repeatedly. And that's really scary that the home runs dropped in half. And you're talking that, you know, with the White Sox, that ballpark, everyone always talks about Wrigley being a launching pad. Uh, the G rate or, or, or Comiskey is way, way more friendly home run hitting park than uh, than Wrigley than I would say Wrigley Field is. Wrigley Field gets kind of that rap because when the wind blows out, sometimes it goes crazy. But you know, you got to remember the wind blows in just as much. Yep. So Absolutely. you get those weird crosswinds too. So I think that 
I, I'm, I'm a little bit more nervous about that, I, that idea of Jose Abreu. To me, if you're going to go older, you know, there's other guys that aren't as old that you could do for, you know, that, that couple year high, high pay, uh, high AAV contract. Well, Josh Bell was a guy that I had mentioned last time. Now I'll be very interested to pay even closer attention to see how he does in the NLCS. Um, Crowley, the other thing that I wanted to see what Bruce would report is, and I think this would be important to any Cub fan, is what are we talking about with Jose Abreu, meaning dollars and cents in years? Are we talking two years, $20 million? Are we talking four years, $30 million? Like, what are we talking about here? Right. I can't, I, you know, I, my guess would probably be something in the two year range with a mutual option for a third for year. A third? Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That and I, I'd say, you know, and probably, what dollar amount, what, what would you guess? What, what do you think? Eight, 80 year, 10 a year, 12 a year. What, what do you think? You I would guess her closer to 12 a year if I was going to be a betting man. Okay. Okay. See, I think for me, even though it's not my money and that's probably a day of a really good day of beer sales at Wrigley field, $12 million. Um, it's still a little rich for my blood. Yeah, you know, I, I, it it all depends on what they're going to do with free agency. If you're telling me Jose Abreu or the possibility of Patrick Wisdom and Matt Mervis, I I, I want the insurance policy. I'll pay the insurance policy. You know, you, you know, I think they can act like a big boy club, and that's not going into that contract. A two-year contract isn't going to affect payroll in any way, shape, or form in the long term. So, now, how I, about I need what some our sort of uh, how about policy. what our buddy Gordon Wittenmeyer wrote? Gordo, of course, stirring it up as always, friend of the podcast. Uh, he said, you know, what about the possibility of an Anthony Rizzo reunion? And he talked a little bit about it. Obviously, Rizzo can opt out of a two-year, $32 million contract halfway into the deal. So um, you talk about, what, $16 million a year is what his deal was. And he turned 33. He's going to be 33 pretty much. the So the entire season next year, he will be 33. He hit 32 home runs, and he hit 75 RBIs. Now, people say the short porch. That accounted for, like, maybe four to five home runs that wouldn't have been out at Wrigley Field, okay? So you're talking about, you know, maybe 28, 27 home runs. Um, when you talk about uh, defense, he is a much, much superior defender than Jose Abreu. Um, he did have that back issue that always flares up every year. You know, you see it happen. Um, the question is, is, you know, is that bridge burned right now? Is it too soon? You know, with some bad feelings that, you know, Rizzo clearly disappointed after leaving, um, without the extension he felt that he deserved. Uh, he seems to be enjoying himself in New York. The other thing in New York is that he doesn't have to be the man, right? He doesn't, it doesn't ride on him. When you're talking about Aaron Judge and you're talking about Stanton, who hit a three-run home run today, and you're talking about those guys, you know, when you talk about Rizzo being like a third, fourth, fifth option, you know, at this point in his career, that's that's kind of a pretty good thing as opposed to you need, you know, Anthony Rizzo to be one of your top two hitters. That's a little bit of a stretch, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on this, and I think, the bottom line is that we don't know, Crowley, what was said between the two sides as he was walking out that door. And I, will... I really think, big picture, that Rizzo went for the money, but I will give him credit on going for winning 
not like a couple of the other guys who just ran for big money and hibernation, if you will, <clears throat> Chris Bryant, um, at least Rizzo went somewhere where he thought he could win and where he was wanted. Because if we listen to Wilson Contreras, it's very big to know that where you're going, you are wanted. But I think Anthony Rizzo really could have been um, the next Mr. Cub, this generation's right. Mr. Cub, right? He could have been he could have been Ron Santo-ish, right? He could have been adored by Cubs fans. And I'm just saying, now that he's gone, I think coming back that that's not even guaranteed. Oh no, absolutely not guaranteed. But but uh, if he would have stuck around, I think it would be a guarantee. Regardless yeah. of how, regardless of how this season or the season before that, or how the next season ends up, I always remember Greg Maddox coming back, and I never thought that would happen. So I always keep my, uh, you know, the options open, and I think he'd be, you know, if you're, you know, if I had my choice between Abreu and Rizzo, I go Rizzo all the way, you know, and if that means spending a little bit more, again, neither guy should be. I mean, Rizzo, you know, he's going to be what we said with thirty three. You know, I, I wouldn't do any more than a two-year contract for either of those guys. And if Rizzo wants to keep kind of doing what he's been doing, which is these smaller year uh, opt-out type deals, then that, that's fine. But if, if, you know, it would be a great story to have him come home. You know, people tend to forget that Ron Santo finished on the south side with the White Sox. And if you look at Billy Williams, you know, he finished with the uh, Oakland A's. You know, sometimes that happens, and it's it's unfortunate. And you know, that's what made the real Mister Cub, Ernie Banks, Mister Cub. Never put out a different uniform other than that Chicago Cub uniform in the major leagues. So I would say that you know, it'd be a great story to have Rizzo come back. Um, I'd love to see uh, a reunion. Uh, I don't like looking at a number forty-eight. I want to see number forty-four back. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and keep watching that. Like you said, Josh Bell, someone we want to watch in San Diego and keep watching that first base market just because we know that that's really the spot that you're going to see action. Keep in mind one more thing is that Anthony Rizzo and David Ross are very good friends and they are also share the same agent. So there always can be more connections in the background that you may not see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a great point. I was going to bring that up as well. Crowley, I thought of you when I saw this on social media within the last 10 days. We're talking about great Cubs that wore other uniforms. Did you see the tweet? I don't know if I retweeted it, but did you know that Fergie Jenkins played for the White Sox? That he was actually signed? I don't know that he ever played, but he actually signed a contract with the White Sox. I did not know that, and I thought, it's funny. I thought, wow, and then I thought of you. I was thinking right around 84, 85 would have been that contract would, would have been my understanding. So, you know, luckily he never wore that uniform. It's brutal to see Ron Santo in it. Um, right. But uh, yeah, but I know you're a big Fergie guy. <laughs> and when I saw that, I thought, I thought of you and it was something that I had never, uh, it was something that I had never heard about. You know, Fergie, Fergie had a couple different stops along the way, Philly, Texas, you know, all that stuff. It, it's, uh, you know, actually the Cubs uh, stealing Fergie from Philly was one of the greatest deals of all time for Chicago. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, we get in our head. We want these guys to be Cubs forever. And, and like I said, the only one I can think of is Ernie really.